don't assume everybody knows what you know or that they have the same experience or that they went through the same things. I had jumped in very early on with like fill in the blank 101. And I had gotten feedback from one of my peers at the time. He's like, you got to rewind. Welcome to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast, where founders and business leaders talk about how they built a company culture that is so incredible, their employees brag about it. Our show aims to inspire you as you build a Bragworthy culture of your own. Culture building is philosophical and practical, and you'll find both discussed here. Grab a pen and a notebook. We're about to drop some knowledge. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us. Here's your host, Cassandra Rose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Brag Worthy Culture Podcast. My name is Cassandra Rose, and I am the head of people at Fringe, and super, super excited to have a fellow Brooklyner on the podcast today, Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am equally as excited to be talking to someone else from Brooklyn originally. Awesome. There's not enough of us anymore. I really feel that way. So Jessica, you have an interesting background. You are currently the VP of People and Places at Catalyst, a company that is a little over five years old. Tell me more about how you got started, where you began your story, starting from Brooklyn, and then get us to current day. Yeah. So actually, this is my fourth startup, but the startup prior was DigitalOcean, which was founded in Brooklyn, interestingly enough. I was there for employee as employee number five with the co-founders at their previous organization. And then they started DigitalOcean and became wildly successful. And I saw that company go to a little over 500 before I left. I took a little bit of a break in between and realized during some soul searching that I wanted to build all over again. And we made a lot of mistakes at DO, mistakes that we learned from pretty quickly, just trial by fire. And I wanted to be able to go to a company that will allow me to be proactive instead of reactive in our approach and insert Catalyst where I joined as employee number 18. And we're close to 100 today. So I've been able to see my goal, obviously, through and the ability to plan for process, plan for scale, and put things in place that people don't even know that they need before they need them. It's been quite an experience to have just amazing leaders join on the leadership team and tenured employees, as well as not so tenured employees join and realize like we're not your average startup. We have so many things in place that for organizations of 150, 200, 250 people don't actually have. And it's a refreshing realization through the interview process. And then after you join that you have the structure and foundation to really have a successful company. And I'm proud to say that where we're at today at Catalyst from a people perspective. That sounds super exciting. And it sounds like you are a person who not just loves the ability to start something, but really to scale it. Because like you said, you started as employee number five, grew to 500. You started as employee number 18, growing past 100. What do you think is so special about that time, that building literally the foundation? Because for some professionals, 
they may feel like, wow, that must be really overwhelming to not have standard operating procedures in place, to not have compliance or things. What about it makes you so excited? I think because it gives people an opportunity to do their best work and the work they were hired for without distractions. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what's next in your career, if you don't know what it means to get promoted or how to get promoted and what career growth is or not getting feedback from your manager, those are things that end up being distractions to people and how they operate on a day-to-day basis. And they can't do the work that they joined to do because they're sitting there worried or fearful of how what's the world going to do to them or how are they going to grow here and what does it mean to grow and what if I'm really interested in another part of the company and we've given people all of the tools and resources to eliminate that from what they think about on a regular basis. So they could come to work and they can know, all right, this is what it takes for me to do my job. This is what success looks like in my role today. And I've been given the opportunity to have these candid and upfront conversations with my manager or with leadership on what it looks like to have that here at Catalyst or translating and what that's going to entail. So I think just removing that as a roadblock from people and just making sure they have the opportunity to speak their mind and what they're doing and what they care about and just being true owners within the organization, owners of their career and owners equity-wise within the company that they're providing all of their blood, sweat, and tears to on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds to me like you're a person that likes to be aligned, aligned with the mission of the company, aligned with how they approach people first organization. So why Catalyst? Tell me a little bit about what the company does and why you felt compelled to become employee double digit instead of single digit. Yes, (laughs) very low double digit. I think, I mean, Edwards pitched to me. He told me, I know what it takes to build a strong and successful company. And I know that people are at the foundation of it. I witnessed you do it at Digital Ocean, and I want you to come do it here as my partner. And we're going to be hand in hand in building a people first company. And people first doesn't mean unsuccessful. People first doesn't mean low performing, like the things that historically in the corporate world, what people first translates to is not how we operated and brought together the leadership team and the business. I think they sold me on that dream initially and just let's build it. Let's give people what they need so that they can be so excited and happy to work for us and that they have a level of loyalty that doesn't make them want to go anywhere else because they're able to grow within our organization. Mm -hmm. So growth is an interesting word. As we think through the past five years, you started in pretty much an economic boom time, right? So Everyone was really excited. Startups were just all the rage. VCs were just flowing money into tech companies, whether they sat in the traditional Silicon New York City or like Fringe, whether you were in Richmond, Virginia, you could really tap into a network and almost electrified workspace of how can we solve for the world's next big problem? Then the pandemic hit and that shifted a lot of things. And I know as we chatted prior to recording, that you said, you know, the things that you wanted from your career, from a company in 2019 were different in 2020, 2021, and even going into 2023. So tell me a little bit about how the company shifted from employee 18 to 100 during one of the most tumultuous times of a generation. That's a great question. We shifted and shifted and reshifted and everyone, people talk about like culture changing and shifts in how you operate. If you don't shift, you're going to break and you'll be stuck in kind of a historic way of doing things. When I joined, we were not meant to be a hybrid organization. 
We were entirely going to be a New York based company. And that was mm -hmm. a change for me coming from DigitalOcean. So DigitalOcean, we did 50-50 remote. We were hybrid before it was cool to be hybrid. We were, I would like to say, one of the pioneers at DigitalOcean for building a hybrid organization and just hiring the best talent literally anywhere in the world for the role that we had. And that was able to put us toe to toe with Google and Facebook when it comes to hiring technical engineers, because they were not hybrid. You had to live in one of the two cities or couple cities mm -hmm. that they operated and DigitalOcean was a tech product. So we naturally wanted and got very technical people to work for us. It was a challenging time to be build hybrid without any playbook and what that looks like. And I always give kudos to the people who signed up for a DO early on because they didn't know what they signed up for and they had a pretty crappy experience. So when I joined Catalyst and the pitch was, oh no, we're going to build a New York City office and we're going to have a pumping office and we're going to be the epicenter for tech and SaaS in New York and we're going to have events at our space all the time. I was like, you know what? This is cool. This is different than what I've just did. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do it. And six months into my role, maybe like seven months, the pandemic hit. We were probably 30-ish employees at the time that it hit. And we had an entirely New York office, not ready to be remote, have to go and work remotely. I remember the conversation very vividly. We actually went remote a week before everybody else did. Oh, wow. We had the conversation on a Friday where it was like, is this a hoax? Like, is this just the media? We don't know what this really means, but you know what? Like, we're not remote. We need to make sure we actually can be. Why don't you all just bring your laptops home, bring your stuff from your desk home, wait for me to make the official call Sunday mm. night, we'll plan to work from home on Monday and see how it goes. And that was the last time it was March 14th that I had seen people for months and months at that point in 2020. And the shift to remote and successful was surprising to us. Edward and I had multiple conversations where we're like, wow, people are communicating even better and more is getting done. It was also the time of virtual hangouts and people liked joining Zoom happy hours and all of the things <laughs> oh, yes. that now probably makes a lot of people cringe. At the time, it was very exciting to be on a Zoom happy hour at four o'clock in the afternoon and play games with your coworkers. Like, we won't forget that time. We're not going down that path likely anymore of everyone at the entire company on at four o'clock to have drinks and games. But it was a moment in which that's what people were thriving in and wanted social connection in that way. And we adhered to it and loved it and thrived in it. And then it changed and then stuff started to open up again. And now people don't want to be on Zoom Hangouts and they want to be in person more. So we changed again. And now we're in a hybrid space with our office where people are like, please don't get rid of the office. I love going in every single mm -hmm. day or I love going in three times a week just to have that balance. So just recognizing that what people want and what they need is different today than obviously six months ago, pre-pandemic, and it'll be different again in six months, but making sure as a leadership team, you're always listening and you have a pulse on the organization and what's working for them and what's not working for them and shifting with it. Like don't put anything in place that you're not going to be able to backtrack out of. Like everything should be wet cement forever where you put it in place, you build it, you put a system in, and then we'll collect feedback. We'll see if it's working in 30 days. We'll see if it's working in 60 days and check in on it. And I think that's the most sound feedback I've received. Then I've been able to 
kind of follow through on and just shifting with change and making sure you're listening to your employees all the time. Yeah, I think the wet cement that's going to resonate with me for a very, very long time, because you're right, sometimes leaders put something in that they feel will support employees where they are, and then something shifts, whether it's macroeconomics, things that we can't control, whether it's changes in leadership or even direction of the company. And then we're scared that by changing something, maybe that means that was a failure. So I love that you're giving everyone freedom to be like, hey, it's okay to be able to shift and move and support the people that you need. Absolutely. And make sure you're talking to them throughout the entire thing. So give them the why, hey, we're shifting this because ABC Mm -hmm. or you told us this is what you wanted. So we're going to change and then we'll revisit in a couple of weeks or months to reassess at that point. But talking about that, why is always important. Yeah. So what's interesting of what you said is that you have values, which most companies do, and your values are often be transparent, take ownership, place customers at the center, be selfless, have fun and be humble. How do you take these values and live them out in a shifting culture, in a shifting environment? How do you make these your North Star without, like you said, having dry cement and saying, well, if it doesn't fit squarely into one of these buckets, we just can't even apply it to the way that we approach work? Yeah, I think being transparent is just at the forefront of everything we do in the sense that we're giving people the why we're talking about the change, we're talking about what's next. And we're able to kind of come back to that one all the time where we've had meetings where people new or older, like I just learned more about the company in this meeting than I have in a hundred meetings prior at my last company. And that's a big one, but we kind of bring everything back to our core values through our shout outs process. So we use Lattice for shout outs and it ties into our Slack group. We encourage everybody to give each other shout outs about the work Mm. that they're doing and tying it to a core value. So giving someone a shout out for taking ownership because of an experience they had with a customer and they needed to escalate through engineering or product and the CSM and like four different teams came together to figure it out. And they placed customers at the center and they took ownership and they had no ego maybe through the entire process and put it together and then shouted each other out for it. It keeps the values relevant and operating and everything that we do on a daily basis at the end of every quarter we have a core values winner, which is a tallied up version of all of the shout outs that happened on Lattice. And then someone wins each award by count for all of the shout outs that they received for the entire quarter from all of the employees. And then leadership comes together to pick an MVP every single quarter. Someone that we feel has embodied all six of the values on a regular basis through that quarter. And then we shout them out to at the end. So we're always keeping them centric in how we operate and what we do and making sure people remember what should be the driver of your action and your performance today. I love that. So I think you might have to re-massage because I don't want to overstep place customers and employees at the center because it sounds like that's what you do anyway, organically. Absolutely. I thought about it after. I'm like, but (laughs) but if you take care of your employees, they're going to take care of the customers. And I know Richard Branson said that eons ago and he had the right idea because it's truly, it's how I operate at DigitalOcean, how I operate at Catalyst. If you take care of the people who are taking care of your customers, everyone's going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Your customers can't be on a pedestal when your employees are not on a pedestal as well. I love that. So another way that you exemplify this through this bragworthy culture is through your benefits. And one of the ones that stood out to me most was mental health days every month. 
and mental health weeks, actually twice per year. So speak to me a little bit more about how that came to be. Was this something that was already an origin benefit when the company started or when you came on board? If not, how did it come to be and how is it working out for you now? Yes, it was not an origin benefit or perk. And it happened through the pandemic. One portion of it, like this week upcoming between Christmas and New Year's, and I know it's become a popular week with SAS to shut down. I was one of the people working my first year that week, and it was half the company off, half the company Mm -hmm. working. And if you were guilty for working and trying to do work and not paying people who were off, and then you felt guilty if you were off because you're like, wait, things are still happening without me. I thought this week was the layup and a lot of organizations do the same thing when it just in SaaS where decision makers are not there. So salespeople are not able to do that much. And so many companies have code freezes where you're not shipping anything new into production to not break your app. Mental health days and mental health week came from the reality that people were not taking off. There was no vacations to go on. There was no flights to jump on. There was nowhere Mm -hmm. to be during the pandemic. And our vacation days were at an all-time low because everyone's like, all right, I'm going to take off to go sit on my couch that I sit on all the time anyway and work more of an outlet. And that was leading to like burning the wick at both ends. And that just translated to like, we're going to pick a day every single month that we're going to shut down. Everything is going to be closed. And it's very, very different for you to take PTO and the world keeps going and the slacks keep coming and the work is building versus everyone shuts down and everything stops. There's no slack messages happening, no emails. We're not talking to candidates. We're not doing any of the things that we notify our customers of these days too. And you're actually able to take off. And for some people, That translates to true off. Like for me, I've gotten many petties on these days because I still have my nanny. It's not like a holiday for students. My kids are at school. My nanny's taking care of my baby and mommy gets just a day to reset. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely translated into plenty of many petty days for me, but it's also translated into catch up day at work where it's my mental health to get my email down to zero and make my deck for next week where I, like many other people, leaders or other people in leadership, you're in meetings all day. Like, when do you actually get to do the work that you were hired to do? And I've had a few mental health days myself where I'm like, I'm going to have my coffee. No one's going to talk to me on Slack. I'm not going to respond to an email. I'm just going to clear out my stuff and feel better about my day. And then joining on Monday morning from a place of, okay, I am ready and to start burning the wick again at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, you use it for what you want it to be. You translate what mental health means to you. I had to give approval to people to work. I'm like, yeah, you can work if that's what you want for your mental health day. Sure. Just don't bother anybody else. You're wonderful for all parties involved. So we had a conversation at Edward and I a couple of weeks ago, actually, especially as a lot of these organizations started rolling them back. And we decided like, we're not going to roll it back. We're going to keep it. Our vacation days, while they're not at an all-time low, my vacation days are not insane for our organization. And it just comes back to the ability to have days that work is not piling up in your absence. Now, that sounds amazing. And what I love about what you said is that there's some organizations who are rolling it back. And that's because in some way, shape, and form, we have exited the pandemic at the height of what it was, of what it looked like. 
but our world will never be the same. And so the fact that you're like, no, our people are thriving because of this. Let's keep it. Let's continue investing in our people in this way. I think that's an amazing way. And you've showcased that through the hybrid work. You've showcased that through the benefits that you're doing. So as we wind down, Jessica, what is one thing that you wish you knew on day one? Because you came in with amazing experience. And when we think about startups, sometimes they're fortunate to get someone like you so early on in the process, who knows what they're doing. They're a self-starter. They can just hit the ground running. But sometimes you have to, I like to use the word, convince people (laughs) to come join your vision because they don't know if you're going to be around. This may be their first time in a space like this. So today versus day one, what's the one huge lesson that you feel that you learned that you wish you could have whispered back to yourself? It's a great question. And I probably have like 15 of these, but the one that jumps to mind first is don't assume everybody knows what you know or that they have the same experience or that they went through the same things. I had jumped in very early on with like fill in the blank 101. And I had gotten feedback from one of my peers at the time. He's like, you got to rewind. We need like class 100 because we've never (laughs) done this before. Like you have, and we have not. So you're jumping in, like hitting the ground running and what you're building, but you got to rewind to let us know why we're doing this or what this even means. Like one of the examples was just like having a manager and an IC track. Like I assume that that's just common practice and everybody knows it and not realizing not everybody does that. And there's just historic ways of doing things from corporate America that haven't translated entirely into all tech or just recognizing that you have to meet people where they're at. And that's a huge piece of how we're operating and how I continue to operate is just recognizing that. I have another one too, if I can add it from a people perspective, if you're an HR leader, remembering not all companies call HR people and a good flag for you and someone new that you're hiring, referring to you as HR, is they might have HR baggage for an HR organization that did not do right, the employee did not do right by the company, maybe just check boxes, maybe just exclusively did payroll and benefits and nothing more from a partnership standpoint. And you're going to have to break that down a little bit more for that Mm -hmm. person because of the baggage that they're bringing and what the relationship means for having an HR or a people team and what that actually means for them. We're not the enemy. We're actually your partner. We want you to be successful. We're going to partner with you on what it's going to look like to be successful. How can I help you? Not how can I hinder you to do your job? I love that you touched on that because that's open secret that a lot of people don't talk about. I share with my friends all the time. I'm like, hearing their issues at work. I'm like, have you gone to HR? They're like, why would I do that? I'm like, because HR is there to be your partner. They didn't even know that was a function of what we do. So thank you for saying that and helping people who come into your organization to feel welcome and to feel like they can partner with you. That actually prompts me now. There's thinking about, you said this is your fourth startup. So kudos to you. I talked (laughs) to you. That's amazing. If there was a fifth or (laughs) as you look out into the future, do you think that there will be a fifth company that you go into or where do you see your career are eventually landing you and the legacy that you leave behind? Yeah, the legacy I leave behind at Catalyst and I left behind at Digital Ocean is I'm authentic and probably to a fault where I have to 
soften up in a lot of areas where I'm like, okay, I need a little bedside manner and telling you my authenticity, but you're going to always come to me for the truth. I'm going to be upfront with you on where we're at, where I'm thinking, what we're doing, why I'm doing it. And that remains and rings true today at Catalyst. And I hope people will always remember me for that. Moving forward, I think I still have some more startup juice in me. I really, really enjoy building and helping a founder execute on their vision. I don't have the vision to be a founder, at least today, but I really, really enjoy partnering with visionaries and founders who are able to like just explain what they want to do in this dream format. And then I could take their ideas into logic and execution and make it happen. And I really enjoy that level of partnership. And like all the personality tests tell me the same thing and what I'm really good at in my strengths and how I can continue to be a partner to future founders and what that looks like. Amazing. Well, Jessica, the time spent with you was truly great. I think our audience will gain a lot of insight into just how this world works, whether they're in tech for the first time in a startup similar to you, or even, you know, want a career as expansive as yours. If they want to learn more about you, want to learn more about Catalyst, How's best to reach out? Contact me on LinkedIn. I'm not hiring recruiters on LinkedIn right now, which tends to be my (laughs) inbox most of the time. But I would love to talk to people through LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to contact me or my personal email you could find through LinkedIn too. And I'm happy to have coffee, chat, and just help people either in this phase of their career or what's next for them coaching-wise. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, Give back time and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us.